Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Amen. We're so glad to have each and every one of you here today. All the churches that's representative, all the pastors that's here, we appreciate you being here. You guys drove through uh, bypasses, and once you got to a certain point, you drove through fields to get here. And most people don't realize there's actually a city here. If you go, most of you come from that direction. But if you go that way, about another five miles, you'll find the city of Marion. This whole county houses 9,000 people. The city of Marion is about 3,000. In the 16 years that we've been here, me and my wife and my two children come and planted the church 16 years ago here. We've had hundreds, probably well over 1,000 young people to come through the door. Many of them come on a bus. Come on a bus that probably one of your churches give us. And God's given us some great revival. Since COVID, we have fought hell. And the devil's tried to run us off. But the last few weeks, God's been doing, the last six weeks, God's been doing some incredible things. Brother Lee's going to come preach. I'm saying this for a reason. I believe in the prayers of young people. Some of you have been raised on a church pew all your life. And you know what this is all about. Some of you probably, I'm sure, at the churches you're coming from, maybe you was bust in. My son-in-law that's given my incredible grandson that I have, you hear screaming around here, um, he was a bus kid. And we've had so many young people come through these doors. I need your help tonight before I have Brother Weston Lee preach. We had a young person tell me and my wife one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my entire life from a young person. They said, I'm just a sinner with tears in her eyes. I'm just a sinner who can't stop sinning. And we've encountered one young person after another in this city in the same situation. Moms and dads has run off, and I know some of you may be in that situation, and their grandparents may be raised them more than they're hungry. And, and I believe in young people's prayers. Their school starts this Monday. I know if you're in school or not, but I know Marion starts this Monday. Before Brother Dustin Lees comes and preach, I need you young people to help me pray for the young people of Marion, Kentucky. Can you can you do that? Will you help me pray right now before Brother Dustin Lee comes? Stretch your hands this direction. Okay, look at me. Stretch your hands this direction. That's where the city is. Lord, we're asking you right now to touch every young person in Marion, Kentucky. God, there's some that's they need Jesus. God, there's some that are just sinners and they can't stop sinning. But God, we believe that when you fill them with the Holy Ghost, God, 
Lord, that their lives will change. And God, we have a group of young people here. Lord, no doubt some here may be in the same place. And God, I'm thankful that they're in the house of God today. But Lord, I'm asking right now, with the help of these young people, and a door of my God, Lord, this section binding together, Lord, in this little corner of this section here in Mary, Kentucky, Lord, we're believing for unprecedented revival among young people, Lord Jesus. Oh God, fill them with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Baptize them in Jesus' name, Lord. Save their families, Lord. Bring them out of darkness. Bring them out of drug addiction. Bring them out of, oh God, the addiction that they're fighting, Lord. I thank you for these young people, Lord, that's gathered here in this house, coming from all walks of life. Some driving over an hour to get here, Lord. I pray that you would bless them, Lord, as they bless our city, Lord. Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it. Now let's thank the Lord for what he's going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that prayer tonight. Tonight, I'm, without further ado, I know some of you drove a long ways, but we're fixing to get the man of God up here and preach. You may not know him, but Brother Dustin Lee is an incredible man of God. And I know he has a word for us tonight, and I appreciate him being here. And again, I want to thank everybody being here, every minister, every young person, every youth leader. Thank you for coming. Um, it's a little hot. I started off at 65. I wish I'd started it off at 55. So, uh, so just... As he's preaching, just realize that uh, you don't want to go to hell because it'll be a lot worse than it is in here today. So give the man of God a good hand as he comes preaching the word of God to us today. Come on, let's really direct that where it needs to be tonight. Come on, direct that toward heaven. Come on, section four, give him praise. He's been good. Come on, he is still great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 It's a great honor to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. Amen. Amen. I like to I like to be comfortable when I preach. Amen. There's certainly a liberty of the Lord in this house tonight. Amen. It is a great honor to be here. The privilege of ministering to what I believe is the absolute greatest section in all of the Kentucky district. Come on, you didn't act like you believe that. Section four is the best section. Come on, I've been around you for a while now. Come on, I know you can get loud. I know you can get excited. I know that you love the Lord. This is the best. I'm deeply honored and humbled to have this opportunity, and I'm so grateful for this invitation that was given to me from this host church, Harvest House, and Pastor Orton allowing me and trusting me to preach to this section. Brother Seth Houghton, not only my friend, but this sectional youth leader, I give you honor tonight. Amen. Most of you don't know, but he is my non-biological son. I 
love him tonight. And of course, my wonderful pastor, Brother Giffen. How many of you are thankful for your man of God? You see, I tried to do this ministry on my own. I found out very quickly the importance and the value of a covering. So I give honor to my man of God tonight because he saved my ministry. He covers me. He guides me. He corrects me. Amen. I thank God for what he is instilling in me. Last of all, I certainly cannot leave out my beautiful, loving, compassionate wife. My boys are here tonight. I'm honored to have them in the house of the Lord. Love them. I thank them and give them honor for their sacrifice for our ministry. Amen. Love them tonight. I feel there's one word that has truly been on my heart. I know over the past 24 hours. It's been my prayer that I've prayed continually and, and coming in tonight, it's the word, the only word that is in all caps, reach, reach. This is a very special week for Harvest House, it's a very special night for Section 4, it's a very special night for me, but I believe tonight God is fixing to reach for It's not, it's not coincidence that Harvest House does this annually. They want this city reached. They want this section reached. They want you reached. They want your family reached. Section 4, I'm believing tonight in the Holy Ghost that God is in this house reaching. It may be for one individual. But God is in this place reaching. And I believe tonight I've come to this pulpit with a great task on my hands with burden on my heart that I've had from the exact moment that Brother Jakin reached out to me and asked me if I would take this service tonight. I, as much as I would have loved to, I didn't come tonight to try to hype you up. You definitely don't need that. You are the hypest section. What I've come to do tonight is try to help some young people in this section from making tragic mistakes that are truly unavoidable. If you'll just keep your eyes on the things of God, not the things of the world. You see, there was a child time, and as he grew, he became very blessed by the Lord. He looked to be just an ordinary child, wasn't anything separating him from anyone else in the neighborhood really noticeably different on the outside. But you see, as this child grew, he became very blessed by the Lord. There's actually a time in the life of this young man where he killed a great beast with his bare hands. There's another time, the same young man, he caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, he set them on fire. 
them go amongst the enemy's standing corn and in their vineyards. There was another time in his life that he slew a thousand men with nothing more than a jawbone of a donkey. And in that same jawbone, the Lord hollowed out a spot so that this man could drink water from it. These instances teach me anything. There's two things for certain that I learned from this particular man. That his abilities only given by God. The second thing is this man had no fear of danger. With all the great things that he had done by the mighty hand of God and the strength that was given to him, this man still had a weakness. Judges chapter 16, verse number 4, it says, And it came to pass afterward, after the jawbone and after the foxes, it came to pass that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and what means we may prevail against him that we may bind him and afflict him we'll give thee every one of us 1100 pieces of silver Delilah said to Samson tell me I pray thee wherein thy great strength lieth and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee Samson said to her if thou bind me with seven green widths that have never dried then shall I be weak and be as another man the lords of the Philistines brought unto her seven wits, which had never been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying away, hiding in the chamber. She said unto him, The Philistines are upon me, Samson. He break the wits as a thread of when he as if were touched by fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. He said unto her, If thou bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah, therefore, she took new ropes. She bound him therewith. She said unto him, The Philistines are upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait, abiding in the chamber. And he break them from his arms like a thread. Elias said to Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies, tell me wherewith thou mayest be bound. She said unto him, He said unto her, If thou weavest seven locks of my head with a web. She fastened it with a pen and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He waked out of his sleep and he went away pin of the beam with the web again she said in the hymn how can I say I love thee when thine heart is not with me thou hast mocked me these three times and has not told me wherein thy great strength lieth it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words she urged him that his soul was vexed unto death after all of that 
He told her all his heart and said unto her, There not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak, be like any other man. Section 4 tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to do my very best to preach to you about flirting with disaster. You see, it's in our text tonight. It's likely the best known portion of the entire life of the young man I spoke of in my opening. All the great things that he'd done, all the mighty acts that God had performed by the hands of Samson, it's often overshadowed. It's often overlooked the great things because of the disaster that Samson found himself in. Could we lift our hands for just a moment? Can we ask God to prepare our hearts to help us in this place tonight? Mighty God, Lord, I ask tonight, God, that you do what you want done tonight. God, you reach souls in this place of every young person. Let our hearts be prepared to receive what you have for us tonight, God. Lord, before we leave this house tonight, God, let our spirits be shaken. God, let us hold fast to our convictions tonight, God. Let us hold fast to our stand. Let us hold fast to our doctrine tonight, God. Lord, I pray tonight that your voice would be heard and not mine alone. Let lives be changed. Hearts be touched. God, I pray that you would reach the individuals tonight that you are searching so hard to find. I ask it in Jesus' name. Of all the great and mighty things that Samson had accomplished by the anointing of God in his life, you often, rarely hear his name mentioned without being followed by Delilah. It's not just Samson did this and Samson did that. It is most oftentimes it's Samson and Delilah. And there's a reason that most often that is what we hear. It's because no matter how many great things you do, someone will always remember the mistakes. I need to tell somebody tonight that everybody makes mistakes. There's not a person in this room of any age, from any church, from any background, from any household that has not slipped up, that has not made a mistake, that has not fallen short. Come on, the Word of God tells us that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But you've got to understand tonight, it's not how many times you fall, section 4. It matters how many times you get back up from the mistakes. Somebody may never let you live it down. Somebody may always look down their nose at you. But if you can stand upon your feet, square your shoulders back and say, but by the grace of God, I'm standing in His house. By the grace of God, I'm standing on His Word. It's what you do after the mistakes that proves what you're made of. No one is above making mistakes. I tell you tonight, you don't have to allow your mistakes to keep you bound. The Scripture tonight, it tells us that the Philistines were Samson's enemy. And they came to a woman that he loved and enticed her with a load of money if she could just get him to tell her where his great strength came from. 
so they could bind him, so they could afflict him, so they could punish him, so they could get revenge for all of the victories that he had over them. And see, you must understand your enemy who is still the devil as a roaring lion still seeking about who he may devour. You must understand he does not care who he uses to cause you pain. He will use your best friend. He will use your siblings. He will use those that you love the most, those that you are closest to. He will use anyone he can to get to you. But it seems as if immediately after Delilah has the offer presented to her, she wastes no time. She begins questioning Samson. Samson begins flirting with disaster by toying with her and saying, if you bind me with seven green widths that were never dried, I'll be weak and as another man. And Again, Delilah wastes no time. She immediately goes to the Philistines and tells them exactly what Samson had told her. They bring the green widths and they allow her to bind him. You see, Samson, at this point, he's able to ward off the adversary at the first attempt. Yet again... She asked, what will it take to make you weak and make you as another man? The second time, Samson, he replies, if you bind me with new ropes that have never been used, that is what it will be that makes me like any other man. Yet again, in an attempt to have him overtaken by the enemy, Delilah, she binds him with the ropes, and again, he's able to break free. Yeah. Come on. You see, Delilah, she's smart enough to realize that Samson's been playing with her and he's not revealing the true source of his strength, but it's either isn't wise enough to catch on to her plan or the fact that he is utterly consumed with the desires of carnality as so many are still today and he refuses to see the danger that he's allowing himself to enter into. He refuses to realize that the flirtation will end in devastation. That toying with the enemy, playing with sin, lying around with the enemy always ends in destruction. There is nothing good that will come out of being one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Come on, section four. It's more than shouting on Sunday and cussing on Monday. It's more than shouting the eyes and running and jumping around the people of God and being somebody different. When your friends are around. You see, she asked him a third time. The very same question as before. The third time he gets a little closer to revealing the truth than in times past as he tells her. If you will weave the seven locks of my head with the web, that's what it'll be that makes me weak as any other man. So, what does Delilah do? She immediately does what she has been told. She weaves the be- weaves the locks of his head, secures them with a beam. You see, Samson... And shaken by the action. But what Samson done was got one step closer to destruction. 
He had been playing with her emotions time and time again. Although he was still having fun and living with the strength that God had given him in those moments when he laid his head in the lap of the enemy, when he laid his head in the lap of sin, when he thought it was fun and games, when he was smiling and, and laughing after every attempt would fall short, closer and closer and closer he got to revealing the truth. Let me tell you, section four, the more you play with sin, the closer you get to hell the more you play in church and the further you get from God the more destruction will stand at your door come on you may resist temptation at the first chance you may resist it at the second chance but if you play with sin long enough if you play with the things of the world if you think your pastor won't know your youth pastor won't know your mom and daddy won't know I promise you there is an all seeing eye that still knows where you are that knows the desires and the intents of your heart. The third time, she says, Samson, Philistines are upon thee. He shakes himself and prepares for the battle. See, after the third time of being mocked and misled, Delilah, she uses the tactic she hadn't tried yet. She uses the most powerful, yet overused word known to man. She says, if you really love me, if you really love me, would have told me what it would be to make you weak. Young people of section four, listen to the words this preacher tonight never 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 allow anyone to use love as a weapon of force on you to attempt you to compromise undo what you know is wrong I'm telling you today there's tactics out there and the enemy will say they love you but destroy you don't allow anyone to ever say if you love me you'll do this if you love me you'll do that can I tell you today I remind you that according to the writing of the apostle Paul love is kind love is long suffering but Love is not forceful. Love is... Love will not force anything on you. Finally, after she had pressed him day after day after day with her words, and he had flirted with disaster until he couldn't take it anymore, he gave in to the pressure she was putting on him and told him, where his great strength come from. It's still in the 16th chapter, the book of Judges in the 18th verse, we find that after Samson lays his head in her lap, revealing his heart, and she knew that the truth had finally been told. Finally, after all the pressure, can I tell you today, peer pressure is a real thing. But can I tell you today, no need to be bullied. Thinking you're, mm, there is still something to be proud of, to be different, to be separate, to be holy, be right. It is still a badge of honor to say I am apostolic from the top of my... To the soles of my feet, I need some ball. Can I get about five young people that says I am apostolic and I'm not ashamed. I'm apostolic. I'm 
not ashamed. Don't let anybody ever discount your worth. Come on, somebody. It is an honor to be apostolic. Don't give in to the pressure. You don't have to be crazy like everybody else. You want to be crazy? don't have to give in to what everybody else is trying to get you to do. We are called to be examples of believers. How do we do that? On what we believe. How do we do that? By backing down. How do we do that? By leading somebody. Cross called Calvary. How do we do that? To invite them to Bible study. them to church. Tell somebody you want to be different? Come with me. You want to be crazy? Come with me. The last thing you need to do is flirt with God. The more time that you spend away from the house of God, the closer you get to leaving the house of God. When you begin to think that school doesn't matter, when you begin to think that midweek doesn't matter, you begin to think alleys don't matter when you think that there's something better you could be doing can I tell you you are flirting with the greatest disaster you've ever met come on I need a generation today that knows I believe in you I believe you're going to carry a torch of the apostolic faith press on section 4 don't flirt with disaster destruction waits at the door there is sin on the outside that is doing everything it can to destroy this generation don't flirt with it. Don't entertain it. And don't give in to it. You have got the greatest thing the world has ever known. Who's got the Holy Ghost? You've got the greatest thing ever given to mankind. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You don't go home and put it on a shelf and pick it back up on Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday. Come on, you got to have it seven days a week. you got to wear the glory of God from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. When you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't flirt with disaster. Don't flirt with giving in. Don't flirt with backing down. Oh, for the love of God, don't flirt. Turning around. It does not matter if you've been in the church for five weeks or if you've been in the, in the church from the time you were born. There's still an enemy out to get you. There's still an adversary that is trying everything he can to deter you from ministry, to deter you from reaching people. Come on, he'll tell you you're not good enough. He'll tell you that your pedigree doesn't matter. He'll tell you that you've done too much. He'll tell you because your mama was this and your daddy was that. You'll never have a come on can I tell you my daddy has been an alcoholic for the 39 years I've been a bless God oh but let me tell you one month ago I saw an al I saw an alcoholic walk through the door sit on an apostolic pew make his way to an apostolic altar give his heart and I 
I got to baptize him in the precious name of Jesus. Don't give in. Don't give in. It can be your mama. It can be your daddy. It can be your cousin. It can be your brother. Don't flirt with disaster. You see, when Delilah saw, he had told her all of his heart. She sent a call for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up at once. He showed me all his heart. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand and said, mine. She made him to sleep upon her knees. She called for a man. She caused him to shave off the locks of his head. She began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. Once again, she said, The Philistines be upon me, Samson. Familiar phrase she had spoken before. But this time, Brother Orton Hill woke out of sleep. Now is not the time, section four, to fall asleep. Now is not the time to think it's not worth it. Now is not the time to think your prayers have not been heard. Now is not the time to think you can't make it any further. Come on, glory is over the next hill. Heaven is one breath away. Don't flirt with disaster. Don't flirt with letting it go. She said, Philistines are upon me, Samson. He woke out of his sleep. He said, I'll go out as other times before. I'll shake myself. But you see, something was different this time. When he got off of her knees, as all the times before, thinking he could just walk out the door. Go right to the battle and it'd be okay. He had flirted so long, he never knew his strength had left. He had been so wrapped up from the pressure, from the questioning, from the antagonizing, from the toying, the playing, and the mocking. He never felt his strength leave. Oh, but you see, when his strength was gone, Brother Heath Travis, the Philistines took him. The enemy got him. They put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza. They bound him in fetters. They made him grind in the prison house. Can I tell you that if you flirt with disaster long enough, you're going to wake up one day you're not even going to know that your strength is gone. You're going to wake up one morning thinking, I'll just get back to where I was. And you'll realize that the things of the world have taken you so far from the presence of God. You will question, how did I get here? Get there by farting with disaster. You get down that road of sin. It'll take you further 
than you ever thought it would. I can tell you from personal experience, if you flirt with disaster, you'll wake up and not even know you're backslid. Come on, section four. I was 17 years old. Come on, brother. 17 years old. I had cut my teeth on Pentecostal pews. I had spent countless hours in prayer meetings. Oh, I'd shout and I would roll. Filled with the Holy Ghost at nine. Called to preach at 13. Preached my first message the day after my 15th birthday. At 17 years old, I began to flirt with things of the world. Is this this all right? Section four, if I'm anything, I'm real. 17 years old, I begin to think I'm called of God. I can do anything. I begin to play with the world. I begin to let sin come in a little bit at a time. Begin to do things that I knew was wrong. But on Sunday, I would repent. Oh, but Tuesday night, Sunday didn't matter. Thursday, but wait, I would run back to an altar. Only for Friday to flirt a little more. For three years, I flirted and flirted and flirted. Finally, I'm standing at 20 years bottles of whiskey in each hand. Wearing things I hadn't worn for 20 years. Saying things that I had never said before. Going places that I thought I'd never be. I stood. I walked past the church that I walked out of. And it felt like it was a million miles away. It all started with flirting with disaster. I spent 10 years of my life bound by a whiskey bottle. I've been places and done things that my mama would be ashamed of me for. I've been at the end of the road of sin because of the days I flirted with disaster and it destroyed my ministry. I woke up one morning I didn't have a desire to go to the house of God. I tried to shake myself and make myself burden wasn't there. If you flirt with it long enough, it will overtake you. I don't know what you're up against right now in your world. But listen to me in the Holy Ghost tonight. Stop flirting with disaster. I'm trying to hurry to an end. I'm trying. You see, disaster didn't overtake Samson the first time he flirted with it. Even the second or the third. He was still able to shake himself for that same power. Every time he heard the enemy was at hand, he was able to shake himself and feel the power of God. But you see, the tragedy is, he flirted so long with disaster that his strength they always thought would remain was gone. The point I've been so 
so desperately trying to get across tonight to this great section. If you're flirting with disaster, if you're truly flirting with the thoughts of letting down on your convictions, if you're flirting with turning away from the doctrine of truth, if you're even toying with the idea Leaving church. You're flirting with disaster. You're flirting with disaster. And the Lord has sent me to this pulpit tonight with the purpose of trying to reach for you one more time. You see, the Lord's calling you tonight. Wake up and shake yourself again. Do it again, section four. Do it before it's too late. 13, 14, 15. It's crucial. It's crucial years. Don't wait. Don't wait till you have children of your own. Don't wait till you got babies of your own. And all they hear is stories of what you used to have. I feel there are some people here tonight that through this message you felt God speaking to you. He's telling you it's time to stop flirting with disaster before you end up blinded like Samson. Praying for one more chance just to feel the power of God. Section 4. It's time to stop flirting with disaster. It's time to pull away from those who are attempting to pull you away from the will of God. They're doing everything they can to pull you out of the youth group and into their group. Most certainly, those that are trying to pull you away from your pastor and his covering and his love and the will of God. If they would come to the music tonight. I want to remind you the words that Jesus spoke. I may never get asked to preach another rally ever. But I want this section to realize flirting with disaster ends in destruction. Remind you tonight the words that Jesus Himself spoke in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. No man Woman, boy, girl can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot you cannot serve God at mammon. Can't do it. You're going to hold to the church you're going to find yourself in the world. Section 4. Tonight you have a choice. The choice to either cleave to the things God has promised you and fully live with Him. you got another option. You can choose to 
perched a little while longer with disaster till one day you wake up thinking everything is fine only to find that your flirting has destroyed your walk with God. Your walk with God is precious, young people. Your walk with God is precious. Oh, it is something to be proud of. It is something to take honor in. Samson he would have never lost his eyesight. But he kept his eyes focused on the will of God. Instead of taking for granted the power that God had given him would always be there. While he continued to flirt with disaster. What will be your choice tonight? It's up to you. We stand all across this house. have to be ashamed in this house section 4 this is your safe place this is your safe place this is where it's fine to be broken this is where it's fine to say I got some problems man of God if you would look around every face you see we've all got problems we've all got battles we're all struggling with something but you don't have to flirt with disaster. What's your choice tonight? Don't be ashamed. Come on, if this Word of God has touched you in any way, just step out from where you are. There, we'll, we'll make room. There's room in this house still. Don't be ashamed. Step out with your hands lifted and surrender to Him and say, God, I'm tired of I'm tired of flirting with disaster. God, I don't want to destroy my walk. Focus section four. God's got plans for you. Don't flirt with disaster until it's gone. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. It matters in this house. Let God, let God stir you and shake you in this house tonight. Call out. Call out from the depths of your soul. Don't flirt with disaster anymore. I love you, section four.